Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, again, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. <laughs> or Mr. Bean, apparently. Hey! <laughs> Could have been uh, Kermit the Frog, a little bit of Fozzie Bear in there, I don't know. Some Frank Oz-ish character. Anyway, so welcome to the podcast. Are we doing anything special this week, Trevor? Probably not. Probably not. Just Probably a not. stando, a standard, a standard one. Fire it unless straight you, unless off. you want, unless you want to go ramped up. Uh, fuck it. Let's do it. Cool. We are going to play ramped up click pitch. Trevor, do you want to explain to our listening audience what that means? Both Ben and I have a two-word phrase in front of us. One adjective, one noun. We click refresh, we get those two words, we throw them against the other two words to make a four-word click pitch, hence it's being ramped up. And then when it doesn't work, we throw all the words away and we click again and get another four words. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Creakiest prognosis. <laughs> Parked illiterate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so someone was unable to read a street sign. So some sort of mm-hmm. some sort of parking, some sort of game where you have to park street signs of some sort and then like something happened in the doctor's prognosis. Like it was a very old, creaky doctor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sort of seeing this as like maybe a really, really popular doctor's office. Okay. And uh, people wanted to get in to get their like pro- prognoses because the doctor, you can see that he's on his last legs. And basically. Oh, okay. It's, it's so like some it's- superstar doctor. And he's gonna die. He's and gonna so die. Like you and need so, to solve. You need to diagnose me. And so it's it's all about you being either va- valets or something like that at the front of this this guy. Okay. Um, so it's so what we have here is House MD twenty forty nine, and he's gone into private practice, mm-hmm. and. Okay, so you play the valets. So, is part of the challenge going to be that all of these people coming just have, like, weird medical things going on? And so, uh, like, (laughs) are you then having to diagnose them somehow? Like, oh, look, here comes another um, wibbly watcher because they're fucking swerving all over the road. Is it something to do with, like- Now I really want this- I really want this um, game to no longer be about the valets and actually to be, well, may- maybe you start out as valets and then it turns out that you're actually, you know, his new um, his new interns that he works with um, uh, okay. being house. And he, he just, right. you know, sent you out there just to, just to, um, yeah, you know, so as we, punishment. We lean, pun not intended, on the house MD thing. Okay, and then, uh, yeah, well, I mean, the illiterate parking, uh, I mean, he could just yell at someone about parking badly and call them illiterate because he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. Um, or, or right. you know, he, he um, end, end of the first act where you've just parked all these cars, he basically says, you you guys absolutely suck. Get back in here and help me solve some of these cases. And um- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you haven't ever been through med- medical school. And there's nothing like you've proved yourself by somehow diagnosing someone via their driving skills. Well, it turns out that you're always, you know, one of the interns. It's just that- um- Oh, he's just had you parking, <laughs> He's just had you parking. <laughs> so, it's not even the first act. It's the prologue, basically. You think yeah. it's like a valet parking game, and then it yeah. turns into a house MD, what, like visual novel? <laughs> Visual novel with, like, some crazy, like- Do we have, like, medical minigames? Yeah, medical mini mini games. There was actually a house, like, mobile game, I think it was. And it kind oh, of- Oh, yeah, sucked. I'm sure they farmed that out to to one of those companies that does those games. Yeah. So, I'm kind of thinking it's almost like a, um, 
it's a Jackbox mini game sort of thing where you're where oh, you're trying to okay. You got like four four interns that are trying to solve this thing, and and then House comes in and and oh, grades you on how bad you do. Yeah, okay. I like the idea of a somewhat narrative. I mean, I guess I guess we don't have to have the narrative in there, but I do like the idea of a narrative based asymmetric phone game. And I mean, it's been done. The um, what was the the one that the Until Dawn folks did? I don't remember. We played it. Yeah, was there, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, there was that. But yeah, like more more of a, a short a short play sort of thing, where yeah, you're all the interns. And I, I'm thinking of it almost like a Mario Party sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, you're competing against each other. Yeah, yeah, it could so it could be it could be fairly lighthearted, but I do like the idea of there almost being a bit of a narrative narrative through line with House. Yeah, and over, it's just over, different you know, cases, cases and different mini games that you're sort of doing. So, you know, you have got the blood mini game where you where you all of you trying to trying to fight over who can diagnose the the blood disease and <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> you having to like zoom in as if it, as if your phone is like your your microscope to like find certain attributes about the blood cells or something, match them up with something. <laughs> you could have like an AR sort of game in which in where you you're looking throughout the whole house looking for a certain like um barcode sort of thing. <laughs> oh my god, we bring AR stuff into it. Well I like the idea that you you do AR with the other people who are playing. And yep. so you can like doctor a photo of one of the in- other interns to give them what looks like a disease and send it to house to get in his favor <laughs> because he thinks either he thinks the other intern's sick or he thinks that's a fucking hilarious prank. So, uh, if you, if you've seen the show, like one of the things oh, that he always does, is sends out, sends out the, um, sends out the team to like break into their house and actually yeah. have a look at the things in their freezer and all this sort of stuff. So yep. it's all about, you know, Ticking off a few different barcodes, and and depending on how how many barcodes you you actually find. <laughs> Wait, do you so, say you have to go around your own house and yeah. and scan barcodes? Yeah, <laughs> this not? is like a full on a AR. full on like <laughs> AR environmental it, thing. It, it okay. doesn't actually it doesn't actually matter what what the things are. No, unlike- no, but you just have to have a number of different you know different barcode, barcodes, so- and you could you, well, you and the but the game does look up. To see what that is, and House will go. Ah, yes, the Coke Zero can <laughs> had uh, yes. this, these sort of the mold particles meat on pie it. Shapes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not very nutritious in value. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulls up a Google image search of it and puts it on your screen. <laughs> uh, um, I just, that's I just really funny. That that could actually be kind of fun, you know. Just no, I like whoever, I like that idea a lot. Marks off, yeah. Marks off the most items in in like thirty seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, well, because you could even you can do like they can't repeat they can't do repeats because yeah. you can track that easily enough. Uh, so yeah, you can literally have these thirty seconds. This is like the this is I feel like this is the the spiritual successor to one of those VHS board games. Yeah, <laughs> where you've just got House MD on your fucking screen. And he's like, okay, go and find me as many barcodes as you can in 30 seconds and go. And he's just like standing there, like hanging out. <laughs> 20 seconds left. And he's he just popping Vicodin and, and throwing oh, the ball yeah. against the wall. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Five seconds, interns. Time's up. All right. What do we got here? <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. I do still like the idea of, of like some narrative stuff, also like character development sort of stuff. So I think as you go along, your different interns, maybe based on how you do, maybe some, some level of random stuff. It's sort of somewhat procedural. Like mm-hmm. one of the interns will, there'll be a romance brewing with House. One of them, yep. like he's the one, like one of them, they're the one that House really doesn't like and, and the rest, you know, and, and really picks on a lot. And. Yeah, you sort of have these different dynamics. The, you know, there's the one that he ends up really respecting um, begrudgingly. But but again, because he's such an asshole and can't actually, exp- um, you know, express love to 
to anyone. Oh, no. Like, no, you, there's no fulfillment of any of these <laughs> dynamics. No. It's just <laughs> it's just more in the way that he refers to the to the different interns. I, I kind of like the idea that if if you really, really stuff up one of the tests, like, uh, you get, like, a solo mission to go off and do some diagnosis in, like, the uh, free clinic or whatever. So, oh, you yeah. basically- Clinic just, time or whatever, yeah. You know, ha- handing out, like- Handing out band aids and like asthma medication, just just oh well, simple, no, what that simple is, little things like that. I think it's it is it is a, a solo mission in a sense, but you have to be doing it while the rest of the game's still going on. It's like throughout mm-hmm. the next mini game, you're going to have things popping up on your screen. Yeah, <laughs> where and, you have to like do a quick little diagnosis and prescribe something. Everyone else is sort of getting to do like the um the blood mini game, and you're having to do some quick analysis on on. Well, I think you're, and- yeah, but I think you're still <laughs> having to do the blood mini game if you want to cont- compete. It's just you keep getting dis- like you keep also having to do the clinic time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're like having to juggle it back and forth. I'm not sure how well we'd get this working on an actual like web page style Jackbox thing. Maybe you'd end up needing a companion app. Uh, well, I was to thinking really have it work nati- well natively. Well, yeah, again, that's just- it's It ends up being just a web page with some JavaScript on it. You could do it okay, yeah. I guess. You could probably do it okay. You just have to- If you've got a lot of, like, swiping and and stuff, then it's- You're gonna- You're yeah. maybe gonna run into some slight issues, but- No, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Switch one, click. Yeah. That might- That may be, though, the most uh, on-point licensed game we've ever made. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Readable rushing. Blanket float. Rushing could be rushing water of some kind. Yep. Uh so maybe this is a game set during like a flood or or like leading up to like a disaster movie kind of like a disaster game sort of thing where there's a yep, tsunami so coming or something. Y- you're or you're in this area of Australia that's just been hit by all these bushfires, <laughs> and then this massive flood comes through. Now, where have I yeah. heard of that recently? Hmm. And somehow the government keeps <laughs> denying climate change. Hmm. Uh, Who would have no, known? I, I, I like the idea that either either you're preparing for a disaster that you know is coming, or like has just. Has just struck. Oh, maybe it's almost a. Oh, maybe it's like a battle royale-ish sort of thing. But instead of you know you all jump from the plane and then you go down and you scavenge, it's mm-hmm. you've just been alerted that there's a tsunami coming. You have a certain amount of time to scavenge, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the game is you're like floating on. <laughs> Whatever you manage to scavenge with whatever you manage to scavenge put together and slowly getting like, again, just to keep the, you know, the the game moving in the way that Battle Royale games do, slowly twirling towards the giant whirlpool in the (laughs) centre. And for whatever reason, you want to be the last one alive when you get there. Well, it's it's almost like there's only one spot left on that helicopter. So, you know- You know you've got to be the last one there, otherwise- Yeah. <laughs> but I it's like the idea of, the name of, of the game. then adding some mechanics almost in a Fortnite-ish way of being able to build things. Uh, but you've, the only supplies you've got are from the other people's rafts that you that you salvage after you kill them. <laughs> oh, uh, and so, it may be- Like, if you're down to the final two people, they might have these huge constructed floating behemoths. <laughs> floating put fortresses. Together. Yeah, that they've put together from all the other people. And it's Blanket like that ports. fucking scene in Pirates, was it Pirates 2 or 3, where the, the ships are, like, fighting each other around the whirlpool or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I'm just imagining these huge uh, floating fortresses of of, like, books and- Blankets and oh yeah, uh, exactly. those foam mattresses, not not the um, so they're like the koala mattresses, not yeah, not the, the, not the spring ones, not the spring ones, yeah. They they're probably gonna, I mean, they'd still float, I think, but only for a little while, and then the then the metal will drag the it down after it got yeah. waterlogged. Whereas foam, true shit, that that shit will float all day. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to decide where it's best to use it. You might put the spring mattresses on the side as armor. 
I kind of like the idea that you've got to actually go up and and as you're as you're picking things up, um, you've actually got to read like what it's made out of, so you know okay. whether it's going to float or not. Right. So actually, give some sort of some physicality to to what you're building. Do you have yeah, to like, and also keep to it bring in my even and my word of readable? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But I, I kind of like the idea. You don't necessarily have to have it as, um, as uh, like, text saying this. You can have, like, l- little icons, kind of like on a lot of clothes and that sort of stuff. You've got all the little washing icons. <laughs> to read the tag. Yeah. You've got the washing icons for everything that you're building out of. Uh, yeah, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a lot you could do there. I guess what sort of- what sort of weapons are you going to have? Are you also constructing, like, makeshift weapons, do you think? Or do you just go, hey, this is America and there are tons of guns lying around? Uh, <laughs> because I'm just thinking, like, how do you end up attacking the other ships? Or do you have some sort of crafting mechanic where it's, like, pretty I'd unrealistic? Like but mechanic. if you have, like, some sort of tube-like thing and then you can, like, craft it into a cannon or whatever. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea of like an absurdist um, crafting mechanic. Yeah. Of you know, a big stick and you know a big inner tube turns into a cannon, sort of thing. Or um, yeah, yeah. I think you just similar to like something how like Dead Rising, the later games works, or something like that, where you've got a bunch of different things that are tagged with sort of the type of thing they are. Yeah. And you just need the certain types mixed together. And then you can you can make whatever it is, and and that's close enough to <laughs> to realism <laughs> that we we'll, we bother getting, because yeah, like the idea of like cannons, sniper rifles, it's mostly distant stuff, and then you, and then obviously you can like you know ram them and board them and <laughs> have some close quarters <laughs> combat as well. <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining like you you've got like a broom handle. And some glass that you've just duct taped together, and that's like your spear now. That oh, you, know, yeah. you can keep them back a bit, and oh, it could be could well, because so you could have like squad based stuff too. So you've got like uh, you know four people on each on each raft slash ship. You know, so you yeah you can have you know okay these people swing across and board the other ship, while the people on the other side man the cannons, and mm-hmm. you know go full on naval warfare basically. But yeah, with these thrown together self-constructed uh floating things <laughs> that's really, really cool, cool. <laughs> all right three so click <laughs> uh this this could take us somewhere i don't know but well, anyway failing vegetable unused extraction <laughs> okay What's, what vegetables are failing at what they are intended to do? What is a uh, Brussels vegetable? <laughs> Brussels sprouts fail at being, like, edible. <laughs> I don't know. Mix them with some bacon. You got something good. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's just bacon for you. <laughs> Unu- what, okay. What is something- What is a, f- uh, a vegetable that's failing, but also you extract something from it? Um, 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 um. I don't know. Or maybe this is just about, like, you know how you, when you peel uh, a peel potato, you, like, extract sort of the, the eyes out of it and the bits that are, like, you might, like, do little diggy bits, extract them out. Maybe this is, like, a, a like, beauty, a beauty routine game for vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> every, time we, every time we start talking about vegetables, I keep on thinking, oh, crap, we're going to go back to Sarge Wars, aren't we? Well, that's why uh, see, I was waiting <laughs> so that I wasn't going to be the one who mentioned it. But, yes, that's exactly what I thought when I saw vegetable. <laughs> okay. So, when I saw unused extraction, I was sort of thinking, okay, extraction in a way of, like, you're in the jungle and you need to- you need to get extracted from the jungle, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I sort of, which I guess ties like a, into Starch Wars. Yeah, I saw it more <laughs> like a a almost an Indiana Jones or Tomb Raidery sort of story. Okay. 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 In the fact that, like, at the very start, you're escaping the temple, sort of thing, and you are unable to get to the extraction point because there was like 
snakes or something in in the way. Um, you've been a vegetable, and you're you've been you've been hurt. Your skin is gradually bruising and darkening, and basically you're now, you know, effectively failing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. And so it's, all right. it's all about kind of like if you remember the uh, the Batman games where they kept on adding you things to um, like Arkham Asylum where you got ripped in one cutscene. So therefore, it was you always had that rip in the in the cape going forward. And oh yeah, yeah, you, know, you gradually got hurt. Consistency, yeah, for sure. Okay. I like the idea that so you've all been right, so we've got a character. And We've got a new like character. That. Well, what happened at the end of our last Star Wars things? Didn't we bring in the fruit? Yeah, we did. Well, who were the fruit? I've forgotten. Um, I think it was a pirate game, so. Oh, okay. All right. We don't have to go down that road. I'm just- No. I'm just thinking. All right. What- Okay. So, let, let's let's think about what sort of vegetable is going to be a, some sort of adventurer like that. I feel like- are they kind of a normal, well, I say normal, but like common style vegetable or uh, who, who's sort of, who's gone off to, to, you know, be a bit different basically? Or, or are they something already that's kind of a bit out there? So, I'm seeing it as it's actually a tomato who doesn't quite fit into the fruit family and doesn't quite fit into the vegetable family because okay. you know, you'd, never, yeah. you'd never put a tomato in a fruit salad. But you also, you know, you know that a, that a, that a um, tomato is not a vegetable either. So we've sort of been ostracized from from the um, the fruit and vegetable world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is so and, and I can certainly see non, like they're non-binary. Huh? They're non-binary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can I can certainly <laughs> see the fruit vegetable like, binary bruising we all know exists. You know, and like even a small little cut, you could have like all the. Juice and stuff coming out. Sure. I imagine that sort of thing all the time about tomatoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, you've got uh, this tomato who has decided- So, what are they- What are they looking for? Is there some- Is, is it- Is it evidence of whether they're- No, let's not go down that route. Are there, is there some historical artifact then- to is it you know is it to do with the war uh, between the the different factions of vegetable and and the fruits or uh, is it some sort of paranormal thing they're searching for like who is this tomato? Hmm. So I'm sort of seeing that the tomato wants to um wants to find this artifact that'll actually. Settle the argument once and for all that the um that the tomato is actually part of, like, the uh the vegetable family. Well, I just I don't know, especially if we're. <laughs> I've just I've just introduced the fruit vegetable binary as like a gender allegory, so I don't know that I want to like try to try to have them um need to do that one way or the other, which is why I kind of went in different direction. <laughs> Okay, um, something about Deadly Nightshade then, because that's the sort of family that they're part of. Ooh. Okay, so it's, it's maybe- I kind of like is- the idea that he's found out, like, that his family is from this um, long line of assassins. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay, yes. The Deadly Nightshade. And so, right. he's looking for, for artifacts on that, you know, just trying to um, find out stuff about his his family tree and all that sort of stuff, but- the area that he's gone to has lots of mystical shit going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, this tomato, they've grown up, like, being shunned from from this, this world. This world of, you know, that has, that has normalized being either a fruit or vegetable, and, and they have fit in neither. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, they discover in, in an old book- that oh they you know their ancestors were these assassins um and i and and were part of this deadly nightshade family mhm and so well maybe then instead of like tomb sort of stuff in the jungle maybe this is more of a like going back to their ancestral home 
it maybe it's like in the middle. Maybe it's like in the middle of the. Uh, I was gonna say in the middle of the war zone or something. Perhaps. <laughs> war zone between what? <laughs> the war that's been going on between the root vegetables and the leaf vegetables. <laughs> I guess it depends <laughs> when we're setting this because I think we did resolve that in an uneasy truce. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> <laughs> It's good you, to be in the past. You, you, know, you know what it's actually against? It's the humans that came out of um, out of cryostasis, <laughs> and, and the and the sentient vegetables. Okay, wait—is that something we established previously in the canon, or you're no. just coming up with it? I'm just coming okay. up with it now. That's fine. I just couldn't remember. I can't keep track of this this fucking uh, sprawling uh, world building that we've done over the past. 100 and whatever episodes. Yeah, well, given it was within the first 20 that Starch Wars started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. Brendan. Bit. Um, <laughs> okay. So, you're saying- <laughs> Well, does this tomato- Does this tomato, um, like, find these cryogenically frozen humans then and start the next phase of, of war because they wake them up? Well, they they could be the first thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, like that happens in the first act. Yeah, and then so, the rest of the rest of the game is them basically going against these Terminator like enemies. Are they android? Like, why are they Terminator like? Well, they 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 look totally different, and and you know they're they're out to just just destroy the um the whole vegetable kind by eating. Um, them. Well, by eating them by you know, doing doing anything else that they they sort of can. <laughs> well, I, I like the idea though that these they yeah, they to the vegetables these humans are giant, right? If if we're going with true size, well, I think over the years that the vegetables have actually increased. Oh, in they've size. evolved to be sort of human sized. Um, I'm thinking more like, like maybe half, half the size of okay of, of like human. Okay. And so, so the sort of place that they're they're breaking into, you know, with a deadly nightshade and all that sort of stuff, like it's this old sort of futuristic-y cryostasis. Okay, so so place in the I'm I'm thinking in the middle of like a, an old human city that pretty much uh, all all the fruits and vegetables have, have refused to go to. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to think. Like, how much of the human world is left at this point? Like, is it all buried? Do they really know about it? Is there? Is there, Are these just cities that are sort of half-scale cities of 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 sentient fruit, vegetables? And well, other, I think otherwise? I think we discussed early on, like even in in Brendan's episode, where like this original thing was happening. This original war was like happening in an old garden. Um, and the house was still sort of right, like falling okay. apart and stuff. Okay. So the idea that yeah, they know that there was a there was a group that lived on the earth before them, and they were technologically advanced, but they don't really know that much they, about them. They don't know enough about them that they sort of try to stay away from the um from the giant cities or whatever they they call them. Yeah, yeah. But then I like the idea that there's the occasional pair who's like. But we have to learn more about these beings, and everyone just like shuts them down. They're not, they ha- they haven't quite embraced science and archaeology yet. <laughs> it's all it's all religion to them. <laughs> yeah, they're a very religious bunch. They're still in kind of the the dark ages, mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, okay, so I think then, I think then this ancestral home of the tomato is built like. On the ruins of an old human city. Yeah. And, you know, it's- I think we're still going quite- a, you know, they, these civilizations had a couple, good couple of thousand years to, like, build itself up and, and, and kind of knock down uh, most of the human stuff. So, it is just ruins that are left a lot of the time. Mm. But basically, yes, they discover that there is a passageway from beneath this house into, you know, old New York- um, basically, <laughs> in into the human house that this was built on top of, and it, and it happened to belong to. It was like a science lab or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and there's just like a hundred and seventy three cryogenically frozen humans down there. Yeah, including Walt Disney's head. 
<laughs> yeah, 173.2. <laughs> he had a big head. Well. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I really like the idea of he accidentally, you know, switch, uh, hits a switch that he thinks is like a light switch and it starts the thawing process. And um, I can just imagine the first human that he comes across is sort of okay, but then- like there's a um there's a big general sort of character who's who's wanting to take out all enemy combatants and you know has like a faction of um of the majority of the humans that are that are going against other people well i guess what leads them to to actually declare war then on on these creatures other than i mean i guess i guess you could just go with xenophobia as the driving force, and that might be fine. But um, I don't know. I if if I was a human, and you saw, and I woke up, and there was a tomato that came up to my waist with like eyes and arms. I guess. Yep. <laughs> An anthropomorphic tomato speaking a totally different language that you don't understand. Because there's no I, way that it's I don't English. know that I just like try to attack it. I think I'd run. <laughs> but maybe that's just I'm more of a flight than fight uh, kind of guy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, we've <laughs> we've got the uh, the roots of a story there. Yep. Do we like? Are you just thinking pretty classic like Tomb Raider gameplay from that point after you've established um, this whole thing and you're like this half size f- tomato. I'm I'm thinking sort of rolling and along the lines of you know it's a cover shooter without the shooting bits, so it's basically so you're stealth. now under under attack and you you're trying to get out and of the city. You've got an extraction point that you can't get to, obviously. Yeah, and so therefore you you just now making your the way. The humans have this- an extraction point too, but that's because they want to extract all that delicious tomato juice out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine one of them has like has like this this big um, juicer that it yeah. that they've they've constructed they've constructed and they go I want to have my bloody Mary I've got the biggest <laughs> headache <laughs> I've been asleep for fifteen hundred years <laughs> I need my more my bloody Mary <laughs> find me some celery <laughs> I. I- I really all the, love the, all idea the celery that, starts running. That the, the game is like called Bloody Mary or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just leads up to that. Oh god! All right, I think three, two, one, and uh, what's the thing we do? Click. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. adventurous squad. <laughs> <laughs> Medieval pull. <laughs> The Adventurous Squad. I like that. I like the idea that that's actually the name that they've given themselves. Oh uh, yeah, they're not very uh, creative. Yeah, <laughs> they're like uh, Secret Seven. No, that's already taken. Famous Five. No, no. Adventurous uh, Squad. There we go. Yeah, we're a squad. <laughs> we adventure. Adventurous Squad. Uh, okay, along those lines, then is are these teenagers? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Medieval this, uh, teenagers. Yeah, medieval Enid Blyton style. Crime-solving group of yeah. teens, yeah. Hopefully, less problematic than I assume Enid Blyton's books are, because it's been a long time since I've read them. Uh, but given the time period, yeah, I imagine they were don't hold few- up. From what I hear, some of the stories hold up, some of them don't. But anyway, it's, it's anyway. So I'm thinking the Adventurous Squad is like three kids from the lower class. Three kids. Their names are Dick. Fanny and Butt. <laughs> uh, but just just to go with the Enid Blyton way of naming children. Yes. So, I was saying that there were three kids from the lower society. Okay. And then one who's actually the prince in disguise. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I like the idea of of the prince and the pauper sort of idea. But, the, but you don't necessarily have to have, you know, the- the pauper take over the the prince's role. It's more that the prince has escaped. No, no, down the prince has escaped. But uh, uh, unlike the tr- unlike the trope that that often 
occurs with this sort of thing. I think the prince is shithouse at being- at doing whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know he's the prince, but he's, like, the worst one of them. He can't solve anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm imagining- uh, when, when I heard medieval and pool, I, I thought of like a clay pigeon sort of, sort of thing, uh, where the king is like launching peasants out of like this. Wait, <laughs> peasants? Like yes. <laughs> As in pool. So instead of clay pheasants, <laughs> it's real life peasants. Yes. <laughs> so he's, he's, um, basically instead of, um, executing them, you know, fire. <laughs> By a hanging or anything like that, he just oh he launches on off okay. the tower with a trebuchet. <laughs> a trebuchet? Well, uh. it, supposedly <laughs> it's supposed to actually be trebuchet. Is it? Because it's un- unlike, even though it's French, it's like it's just the way it's actually supposed to actually be said. Well, anyway, my uh, the whole point of me saying that was to make it a trebuchet, but anyway, yeah. Uh, never mind. Okay. And so, I think then the prince is obviously, like, a nice- He's kind of a nice guy, as in he doesn't approve of this sort of behaviour. Oh, no. So, all right. What's the mystery? Are they trying to bring down this king? Like, is it- Do the stakes go that high? Or uh, do we start, you know, with some more kind of low-stakes local mysteries to solve? Some low low-stakes local mysteries to solve? I've lost my then- cat, and it turns out that the neighbour cooked it. <laughs> in a stew. <laughs> meat is meat. Yep. We're peasants. We're starving. Yep. This is not a good environment for us. Uh, uh, what what I like is, like, maybe the third, like, it's two really, really um, low, low impact sort of cases. Yeah. And then the third one and is murder. And then you go big. <laughs> the third one's murder, but it's- um, your parents have have been implicated in the murder. So, it's now oh all about, like, you've got to- Saving them from the Trevor. Save, saving them from Chet. the Trevor Chet. <laughs> the Trevor Chet. It's two um, dudes. One named Trevor, one named Chet. The they Trevor problem. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so, so the, the sort of- is The sort of gameplay. Yeah. Is this like a party-based RPG? Oh, I was actually sort of thinking- you could have those sort of moments, but you've also got like some moments in the um in the middle there, mm. uh, where it's almost like a CSI sc- scene. Um, if okay. you remember the CSI games, where you you had to like find oh, um, find the hotspots ob- and yeah, like missing object sort of scenes. Yeah, they? but not not doing like oh, you found a hose and no, no, no. It was to no. do with the case. Yeah. But you just had- you had to click on the right things that you'd find in the scene in the yeah. right order. And then it could zoom That's in fine. And, yeah. and you see- Yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining you go into the neighbour's house and you click on the pot and you just see, like, these whiskers, <laughs> like, <laughs> next to the pot. And you go, oh- I'm saving then. them for later. <laughs> they- <laughs> They're the best bit. <laughs> if, you, if you put a whole heap together, they, get, they make a really good toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building a toothbrush. Before I've got any- That's why i still got teeth left. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> now I'm just imagining, you know, you, you uncover in the in the trash can is, like, the collar of, of the cat in the in the trash can. It's like, oh. oh that you- trash can doubles <laughs> as me toilet. <laughs> After you searched it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That is so wrong. Uh, okay, I like that, though, because you can have, like, the back and forth and the character building stuff going on as you explore these scenes. Like, if you click on something, you know, one one of the people might be the one who sort of responds about it and there's a little copy of conversation and, yep. and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and really then they like obviously the have to be that- pretty, pretty simple, or not simple, but just, like, non-technologically advanced ways oh, of yeah. solving these crimes. It's, like, deduction and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And it's it's all about uh, finding finding the lies and the and the contradictions that the um that the yeah, yeah. witnesses uh, say and a very that- you know um those games the two games that I'm thinking of that you can read my mind about Phoenix Wright yes Layton Professor Layton no no the other one no the 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 Rockstar one <laughs> Jesus Christ what's wrong with my head. <laughs> 
set in the seventies or whatever. Silent crimes. Um, um, fucking cold. L.A. Noir. <laughs> L.A. Noir. <laughs> Jesus, complete blank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. Those two games, Phoenix Wright and L.A. Noir. Those are the ones I was thinking yeah. of. <laughs> so I, I love the idea that no one actually knows that the stupid one is the prince. No, no, and they just got like shit, shit all over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, and they they do the worst stuff. Like they make him do yeah the worst like literally shittiest things. Um, <laughs> like search that guy's trash trash can. <laughs> and then yeah, there's a reveal. <laughs> Later on. And they're all apologetic and stuff. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? I love this. I've got a scat fetish. <laughs> We're the adventure squad. <laughs> there, there has to be, like, a really, really dodgy theme song for them as well. Like. Oh, yeah. One's playing the loot. Yep. Um, and We're end of each case. It's sort of like- squad. We solve <laughs> adventures. A lot. <laughs> One of them's a bard. <laughs> one of them is a bard. It's me. The other one is full of lard. Okay. So, what's the prince's name? We've already talked about Dick Fanny and Bart. Um- <laughs> <laughs> wasn't serious. <laughs> but, though, the others are fine because they're real names. Dick Fanny, Bud, and Northrop. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow Northrop they never or, figure it out. Or Winthrop. <laughs> Winthrop. <laughs> Throw up. They just- uh, He keeps- <laughs> His name's Winthrop, and they just think he said, like, Throw, Throw up. up. <laughs> and that's a much more peasantish name to them. <laughs> Winthrop. <laughs> but then you, then you see this, um, this, like, flashback- to when they first met him, it was like, hello, my name is Prince Winthrop the <laughs> Third. And they just immediately call him Throw Up. Yeah. Even though they've been introduced. <laughs> they've been introduced, but they were busy. All they heard was Throw Up. <laughs> okay, three to one click. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Orange. Be- oh, I was going to say, before you actually say it. Okay. I've only said half We're of going it. to go into something that we talked about doing a little while ago. Ooh. Okay. Match three game. <laughs> okay, so that's the that's kind of the, the limit we're putting on ourselves uh this round. For mm-hmm. those who kind of haven't listened in the past few weeks when we've talked about this, or who haven't played these types of games, there are a huge number of mobile match three games that have these really long and character-based story elements going through them at the same time. And basically, as you solve a particular match three board, you get like a star or a point or whatever, and that lets you progress the story and sort of generally clean up or improve a house or a garden or an island or whatever. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of bringing new narrative uh, things into this genre. So, okay. when you hear my second word, you'll understand why I want to do this. Why you went that. Okay. Yeah. So, you go first. Orange television. Ooh. Squashed Trek. T-R-E-K. Okay. So, I'm seeing sci-fi. Yes. Yes. Um, I do like the idea of a sci-fi match three improvement game. Yeah. Uh, Do we just go, like, straight down the line and you are, like, salvaging an old starship? Yeah. Yeah, and basically you're- you're you're doing the match three games to get all your stars so that you can, you know, first of all, crew crew the- Oh, build yep. build the ship and then you've got to crew it. Then you've got to, like- Then you go on missions. Well, because these- The thing is, all these match three games are free to play and they make money by you. Uh, you know, they, they, they'll put up a deal to, like, get this many fucking coins or whatever so you can buy different things. They'll often have events where mm-hmm. you go to a completely different area and you've got a certain amount of time to, like- either play as much as you need to or obviously, like, pay yep. money to completely deck that area out and, and improve it all, that's an away mission. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you get, but you can have, in this game, orange shirts. Okay. And, and they're the ones that, you know, they keep on getting squashed or or what, whatever, whatever it is that- um, I'm thinking that you've got this huge overarching narrative of- these massive giant aliens that are just uh, 
squashing like people from making their way across the galaxy or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like the idea that, you know, if you don't react quick enough in, in these particular away well, missions. Yeah. Well, I think almost, I think almost. You lose some of your crew. If, you- if we're following uh, a lot of the gameplay designs of these match three games, you'd almost have your orange shirt be a power, like one of the power ups uh, that you can use on the match three board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're basically like a bomb. <laughs> Or something like <laughs> you sacrifice them to clear, you know, an, a, a four by four square of of bricks. Yeah, so I'm I'm liking the idea of you know being able to customize your your starship, um, add new warp engines to it as as you progress through it. Oh, absolutely! The game. Like, yeah, following these tropes, you'd go area by area. You know, you'd probably start on the bridge, uh, or maybe in engineering or whatever. You'd go to all those different areas and you'd play. You know, approximately 50 to 70 match three boards to clear each area to get enough stars or whatever. Yeah. Enough pips. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the idea that, um, yes, you are still traveling during this, this thing. Basically, the first 30, 40 levels are getting your basic ship up. Yeah. And then to be able to move to, um, to different areas quicker. Yeah, like you can inter intersystem areas. Yep. You know, be able to, being able to being able to um, travel further. And I mean, again, these these stories are generally very linear. Yeah, you just you solve them. Sometimes you can just do one thing before you can do another thing, but like they don't affect anything. It's just which ones you, which one you've done first. Yeah, now, especially because that- I tried to get through one of the ones that you've talked about in the past. I started playing. Yeah, I'm like. Oh great! You know, I've just finished this whole sec, this whole section. He goes, "Yeah, now we can go through here." But first, we'll just finish this area off and and get it looking all nice. I'm like, "But oh, yeah. no, I want to find out the the next part of the story." No, no, no. It's basically <laughs> just a book that you get to read another paragraph by playing <laughs> three three actually games. But look, that's that's fine and that's fine. And look, it, it's. There is a little part of everyone's brain that I think that really appeals to because you are slowly, like, improving this area and learning a little bit more about these characters and you can just pretty much continue writing them forever. So, yeah, it actually makes perfect sense for a Star Trek-style serial uh, thing that you can just do a whole new story and, like, like Especially because, you know, away missions can- can- have you know individual story events that have to have to be done in a day or whatever it is it's yeah. like yeah. 30 40 new levels that that have to be completed to get this whole story out and if you yeah. don't and do you it don't then do you it you just don't teleport it away yeah. you don't get the end of it yeah exactly um, it's perfect <laughs> yeah we're going to make a million dollars uh, <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if i feel like anyway what i was going to say though i love this i cuz i do again I, I like the idea of 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 Putting these different narrative styles into these games, which I feel like hasn't been done enough. Can we think about whether we could make these things a bit more game-like and a bit less linear? Okay. Because the the mechanics of them are very much, you know, generally you can finish a match three board without needing any additional resources. But if you're having difficulty, you've, you know, you've earned an orange shirt or you've earned- a laser blast, you know, which is going to do your line, your whole line, or you've or you've earned a um a kill shot rather than using stun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you've you've learned you've earned the fucking matter transmogrifier, which clears all of a certain color. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and of course, you which can is pay just teleport real buffer. money for those things. There you go. Yeah, you've you've earned your yeah yeah. Uh, you techno babble. <laughs> you fire off a techno babble, and it like gives you, you know, what's the fucking def- yeah? Use the deflector dish to bounce the pattern buffer of the transport stream, and it just it clears all your orange squares. Yeah. Okay. So you you wanted to gamify it. Let's gamify this game. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I guess. Okay, one of it could be branching narrative. I do and, like the idea of a branching narrative. And, and generally, generally, you probably, if they finish it, then they can have the option of going down the other branches, right? Like, yeah. let them get have all the content that they want. But once they've, in certain points, that points, at certain points, they make a decision. And then for a while, that's the branch they're going down. And they just get, you get different dialogue, you get different narrative stuff. 
Uh, the other thing was some sort of, well, I mean, for one, whether you bring in aspects of, uh, like puzzle quest sort of stuff or, you know, which is its own genre now of like a more battle based match three. Well, I, I don't see why you couldn't have those aspects in. I guess you could just have one part of the game. Like, yeah, I guess you could just have some of the match three boards as, as the story goes along. Okay. Now you play some battle ones. Where instead of just trying to trying to reach a certain goal of you know match this many blue squares, it's okay. You you have the other person, the other uh, uh, you have an opponent who is also matching things and like building up on the same board. Yeah, on the same board. Yeah. And so, if you want the orange shirt to sacrifice himself, you've got to you know those orange squares that you've been getting together to um to get thirty of you know so that you can actually do something with. And, um, yeah, then you can fire them off. Yeah. But, you know, the the other group can just go, yep, no, I'll take those five orange squares so that you don't get the, <laughs> you don't get the full, the full thing. Um, that could be quite interesting. Yeah. The tactics yeah, yeah. That you could actually put in place. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I'm do, I'm, I'm liking the idea of like the Star Trek game up against these giant aliens that, that, you know, pretty much to, um, to us, you know, we're like a foot, we're like a foot high compared to, compared to, um, you know, they're six foot or whatever, mm. but just in their scale. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Because really every single alien that, um, Star Trek ever came up against happened to be exactly oh, yeah. the same size. They all had about the same, you know, standard deviation of heights, weights, facial features. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> Horrible. <laughs> no, these are, these are like, Five-legged, huge <laughs> nostrils in their butts style aliens. Yeah. And butts on their face. Uh, three to one click. Okay. Shy height. Witty cooling. Is this a romance game about a- an HVAC engineer? <laughs> <laughs> Who works on apartment buildings? I don't know. I'm I'm sort of I'm putting almost shy and witty together and height and cooling together. Yeah. To well, get like yeah. it's almost like a fly on the wall sort of game, um, in my mind. Of mm-hmm. of which your height and cooling is actually like a ceiling fan. So okay. you're playing from from like the view of the ceiling fan. And oh god, you've got that's gonna make you sick. <laughs> Well, I'm picturing- When they turn it on. <laughs> I'm picturing that, you know, you're in the centre of the part <laughs> the that doesn't actually, um, doesn't okay. actually spin. Are you literally a fly? Well, what I was actually thinking is, at first you think that you, you may actually just be the, the ceiling camera. Uh, not the ceiling camera, the ceiling fan, but you're okay. actually a hidden spy camera on the, on the ceiling fan and you're actually, you know, a person in the next, next room trying to, Organize for these people to to actually connect together. This shy person <laughs> okay. and this witty person. So you're a stalker <laughs> who's taken a vested interest in their relationship. Uh, no, why why are you looking through a spy camera? Who are because who? you're a spy, obviously. Is it like the parents of teenagers or something? Why would they want these two to get together? I don't know. They're par- they're weird parents. Maybe. He's really rich, <laughs> or she is, mm-hmm. and they want to marry. They want him to marry into money. Uh, all right. N- never mind about how they, about why they're doing it. What? How do they do it? What are you? What are the actions that you are taking? Um, I to change things in this world. I think what you can actually do is you can essentially control some of the electronics in the area. Okay, because. You know, you can basically turn the um, turn the ceiling fan on. You can make lights come on. You can uh, turn <laughs> turn the printer on at the at the inopportune time, and and a few things like that. Like, effectively, you're you're trying to get get this person to have a meet cute with these with this other person. Okay, I feel like we've tried these sorts of games before. I know. It's just, I think there's always so many, so it's such a limited number of things you can do from just 
sort of turning things on in the in the environment. Mm-hmm. So, so we can click again it- if you want oh. something better for the final final game of tonight. Well, I'm just going to say to spice it up. Mm-hmm. Does it like do we pivot from this quirky? Stalkery <laughs> relationship cute. drama meet you slash NSA agent. Yep. <laughs> Does it turn out that he was a zombie or had recently been bitten by a zombie? <laughs> and now you're having to switch between these video cameras and you are feeling very useless because turning the printer on is not stopping the zombie horde. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, trying to find someone. You're hacking between all these cameras to try to find someone to tell so you can just print out, like, zombies coming. (laughs) And they just think it's a prank every time. And then you just see the zombies, like, bust through the wall and and turn them. And then it starts all over again. Yeah, like, the ever-increasing ranks of the undead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure there's an answer. I don't know if you eventually find, like- an automated turret or something <laughs> that you can actually <laughs> affect the world in some meaningful way. But no, oh God. All right. Uh, Click again. At least that's let's better get to a, end it on. Let's get a better final, final game. All right. I thought I turned it around pretty well, but okay. Teenage supervisor. Wizard socks. <laughs> Wizard socks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Fuck teenage supervisor. Let's just go with wizard socks. Uh, okay, no, like a nineteen-year-old manager of an electronics store. Yep. <laughs> or no, of a Target, right? Of a clothes yeah. store. Fine. Oh, yeah. buried, buried in the corner of a store, an old storage box in the back room. Yeah. Pair of socks. Yeah. With like they're bright blue with yellow stars on them. <laughs> yeah. And they. Well, I mean, what else do you do when you find fucking awesome socks like that in a back room? You make yep. sock puppets. <laughs> you make sock puppets. Now, all of a sudden, his hands turn into feet. What's going on? No. Okay. Um, I really like this idea uh, of this this kid who's, you know, just just being transferred to this to this, like, I'm thinking Midwestern sort of town. Um, yeah. Midwestern America. Midwestern America. Yeah. Just, uh, it's a small town. Suburban kind of rural. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yep. You know, maybe- Smallish town. There's one big mall. One big mall. And basically, your first thing that you you decide to do is go clear out the stockroom. Because you can tell that that thing is just overrun. And this yeah, is just you've the just start been of the promoted game, like- to assistant manager, and you're trying to make, or you want to be promoted to assistant manager, and so you're trying to make a yep. good impression. You're like, okay, I'm going to take the initiative, you know, clean out this fucking mess of a stock room. There's all these, uh, you know, out of fashion clothes, yep, <laughs> that have been sitting back here for decades. You get to try, you try some of them on as you go through. And what I, what I like is just before you find the wizard socks, you step in like the bucket of bucket of water so that your your um your oh, shoes right. and like, socks are totally you're mopping ruined. as you go yeah yeah so you bare feet and so you you see these awesome um blue and yellow star socks and it's like yep. yes they okay, are you awesome. put them on you put them on yep. you're like did they glow mm, no nah, it must be my imagination <laughs> and from then on you've got basic magic powers Okay, which- so is that is this what it gives you? Like, is this is this? Do you realize immediately, or is this something where you accidentally? Um, I, like, I think do it's some magic th- throughout the throughout the game as you as you go to like stock the shelves or something like that. Um, you turn around and and as you turn back with a couple of items, the whole <laughs> the shelves are just full. They're they're stocked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you spend about forty hours of this game using magic powers to stock shelves. Yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Just to build your levels, you're now a level four. You are now, now a level fifty-one, so that you can you can get the next part of the narrative. Yeah, you're, now level, you're now a level one shelf wizard, uh, level forty-one shelf wizard, and uh, it's time for the next phase. Uh, okay, what sort of game are we thinking here? Because the first thing I was picturing, you know, a very narrative style. I guess we you know we go down this route a lot, but like. Uncharted-esque where you're controlling the character third person for a bit and it, it 
but it goes into you know in nice nicely rendered in engine cutscenes as uh, at appropriate moments, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of the standard for you know triple A uh, action adventureish sort of games at this point. Yep. When you start controlling for real, like when sort of the gameplay starts for real, what are you doing? Is this, is are you? Is it a bit more of a maybe like a life is strange sort of dealy? Yeah, yeah. I like I like a life is strange sort of dealy mm-hmm. that you're you're using your at first mundane powers just to um like, to like help people or help, help people out and obviously you can't you can't let on to anyone that you've actually got magic powers because I I think. What happens early on is you get this you get this image of of what would happen if if anyone found out, and it's basically you know the government comes in, takes you away, and and like do you, dissects do you. Do you have a vision of what happened to the last person to wear these socks? Yeah, I think so. It was like in the seventies, and yeah, they were they were taken dissected. away, <laughs> dissected. Yeah. But first, you see them. They're like, "All right, get all the clothes off. We need to dissect this body." And then you just see the wizard socks like fly across the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Um, yeah, so I like the idea that you, you're trying to solve these um, solve these simple puzzles and help these people out just by, you know, doing a little bit of um, little bit of uh, little bit telekinesis like tel- yeah. and yeah, we got to we got to give them like full, you know. Hold down the button, pick things up, move them around. Oh yeah, it's basically force powers. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so what is the um, what is the big, big bad of the game? Because obviously there's got to be a okay a larger <laughs> part of the narrative. Yeah, there's the girl who always picks on you mm-hmm. at school. You're like yep. in your senior year of high school or something, right? Like your final year of high school. Uh, and there's the the popular girl. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, whatever about the the fucking popularity ranking, but she always picks on you. She's a bit of a bully. Yep. And then you think, all right, it's finally time. I've got fucking wizard powers. I'm going to get back at her. And you go to do that, and then she like turns around, and you realize she's got socks on, just socks on as well. And they're like black with red moons. <laughs> yeah, and she's also found a pair of magical socks. So, are these actually devil socks? Is what I was. I think they're just like, without going uh, kind of religious about it, I think they're just like dark side wizard socks. Uh, I, right? I was sort of thinking almost along the along the lines of you know demonic sort of stuff. I, get, that she I could, mean, wherever, she could wherever. Wherever Basically evil summoning and that sort get of their stuff. power from. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or necromantic. And, <laughs> and then you get to have like a big fucking wizard battle in like the cafeteria. <laughs> Just like that could be cool. Nevada cadaver everywhere. <laughs> Kill all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's when you find out that she's actually a necromancer and she brings ev- all these. Oh yeah, dead then it's just back. an army of. This is another army of the undead tonight. Uh, yep. But this time they're teenagers. Exactly. Uh, and they're going to fucking rip you to shreds, just like <laughs> teenagers do. Oh, God. Shit. I love Wizard Zelts. They are. Um, cool. The, the different places that you could go with that is. Yeah, look, is there, there, cool. you could take that in a lot of different directions. I, I like the general, very innocent beginning mm-hmm. uh, and wondrous kind of thing of. Oh my god! I found magic socks. That's that's all you need, really, in life. It's magic socks. Yep. Good pair of magic socks. Cool. All right. I think we're gonna finish it up there tonight. If you want to find yeah. us online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All one word. All that stuff's there. Check it out. We're also part of the Eight Bit Collective, a group of podcasts now, including a few extras like our good friends at the Inconsolables. Uh, and a couple of new, really awesome sounding, uh, actual play, uh, role playing games, not just D&D. They're using some other systems there too, I believe. Lots mm-hmm. of cool stuff coming. So go and check out 8 There's a game show coming out that I'm hoping oh, yeah, to be part game of. Show. Yes. I'm sure, I'm sure we can finagle our way onto some of these shows. So, uh, look out for us there. Yes. We'd also like it if you could check out the 
Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, a group of like-minded individuals who just want to help help each other promote their podcasts and talk about all things gaming. So check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. Finally, we'd like to thank Kurodust for the use of the song. Fuck. Matt Defiance of the <laughs> album Containment Failure had a mind blank there. Yep. It's the night for it. Yep. So, again, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Now, got me some wizard socks. I got me some wizard socks. <laughs> wizard socks.